When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are ready. Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I'm Dax Holt. I'm Adam Glenn. Dax, what's up, brother? Oh, my God, such a busy week. I, I, I want to get into your week. You got so many big stars. I, I, you know, I, Listen, you got Kevin Hart. You hung out with Shaq. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Keep in mind, if you want to find the Hollywood Pipeline, you can find us on our OG page, HollywoodPipeline.com, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those spots. We're trying to keep everyone up to date on all the celeb news. But we have a very, very, very special guest in today, one of uh, Adam and I's good friends, Miss Nina Parker Hi. from E. Hello. How, it's so weird to say E because I feel that I've known you for so long that I'm so excited to say <laughs> from E at the Thank end of you. your name. Oh, I'm excited too. E's been a long journey for me, so I'm no, excited. I, let's Don't downplay this. This is like, like legit goals right here. I think so because I think you and I... We're talking about it because we have both taken meetings. Have you taken meetings with E before? No? Yeah. yeah. I, I think we were both taking meetings for years, and we're like, well, I don't I guess they don't I guess like I don't it. want it. <laughs> <laughs> Only one so of us made it kinda, in. <laughs> it was just kind of like, you know, you test and you test. And, and sometimes it was I wasn't available or I was doing or I was, you know, contracted to something else and I just couldn't make it happen. And then it just kind of all came together very randomly. It was like, hey, we just need a fill-in host for one day. Mm-hmm. Um, la- I think this was last uh, November, and you know how it is in November and December in Hollywood, like everybody's gone. So it was just like, yeah. hey, we're looking for a fill in host for something. Can you come in for one day? No guarantees. And it ended up being one day. It turned into like a couple of times a week, and then it turned into like full on, full time fill in for a few months to award season. And then it just kind of turned into an overall deal after that. It is honestly it's been a long journey for you. It's a, and I gotta say, you know, Nina, this is inspiring. I think both for Dax and I because you're a former colleague of ours, and then to see where you're at now, and you've been persistent. You've been, uh, you, you just been so on top of your game, and you never gave up. And it's been years since we left, you know, our former employer, but now you're at E, which is like. I got to imagine, was this sort of like your, your dream job? Yeah, I think so. You know, I I had always just had an affinity for E. I always just kind of felt like, you know, like when you think of a hotel, E to me was always like that boutique hotel that like had the cool art and clubs and restaurants. And it just was something about it that I was drawn to. And, you know, so I really was just drawn to it in the programming. And I thought I really loved how they did their social media. And I just thought that they were always doing fresh ideas, which and, and similar ways reminded me of TMZ because I remember when we were there, the one thing I liked about it was the fact that there was we were always trying something new. It was never just this old, archaic formula. Mm-hmm. And at other places that I had been at, I felt like you were just coming into this machine that had been doing it for 10 years and we were always going to do it this exactly way. You couldn't exactly be as creative. You I remember creative. you saying that. You couldn't be as creative yeah. as you once Some were. Some places were a little stiff, you know, <laughs> and it, you know that was their 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 jam, but it wasn't really mine um, because we I had come from such a progressive place. So it was just great. It felt like the best of both worlds. You know, e online and and e-news and everything just felt very fresh to me and they seemed very open to ideas and changing and so I was just really drawn to that. I remember when I first saw you doing Daily Pop. I just was I sat there and I was like this is such a perfect perfect spot for her because she can be herself. She can be like the crazy wild Nina that I know and I right. love and be able cuz you're also really smart. And oh, so I you. feel like you always have good points of view and and I, I thought you bringing a different point of view that maybe wasn't always captured there. And right. I, and that's what I thought. This is a perfect spot for her. And I remember you doing like the trials and trials and trials. And I'm like, they need to lock her down. Yeah, Dex like, kept texting me like, what's down. up? <laughs> I'm like, don't lose this girl. Don't lose her. And so I'm just so proud of you. Like, honestly, as like my friend. And, oh, thank you. Uh, you know, as a former colleague, like, like Adam said, it's cool to see someone do so well in their career. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, you guys. I needed this today. I was I was actually <laughs> talking to my boyfriend last night. And I was like, I don't think I'm doing enough. And I was like, I what think- do you mean not doing I enough? I know. Are you kidding me? You're the face of E. 
right now. <laughs> I was like girl, having this conversation with him. Show. And so it's just so funny how you perceive yourself and how others perceive you because I was like making these lists of things that I wanted to accomplish for 2019. And I was telling him, I was like, I feel like I'm I'm behind and I'm not doing enough and I, I got to hustle more. And he was like, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. <laughs> and he was he had to kind of remind me of, like, you know, my blessings because I was really kind of like, I could be doing this and I could be doing that. I'm not doing this. And, and he was just kind of like... I don't even know how to have this conversation with you right like, now. I would say my surreal moment for you was this this past weekend. You're at the Golden Globes, which yes. is already super amazing. Mm-hmm. But you're on the pre-show for E! And the coolest part was Ryan Seacrest is going, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm going to pass it over to Nina Parker. That was and I'm weird. Like, what? <laughs> Ryan Seacrest passing it to you. That was That's weird insane. to me. And you know what's so funny is my boyfriend tweeted the quote. Um, and it didn't even hit me till I read it. And it's just weird. We had to do um, like a prep call, like every every award show you do preps. And E is like, you know, it's like the Super Bowl. Award season is kind of the Super Bowl. No no other network really does award season like E. And it's such a fine, well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And so to just see the, the work that everybody puts into it from PAs to producers, everybody really works their butts off. And it's just such a great team to be a part of. And so we have, you know, conference calls and everything and um, there was a conference call with me, Ryan and Juliana and I was like, I can't even That's believe crazy. I'm on this call <laughs> and you know, Ryan's like hi Nina and I didn't say anything because I was like I don't know. Like, do I, Can I address him? I guess we're colleagues <laughs> but this is just weird and <laughs> I was like wait, I'm try, not trying to be rude. So to hear him have like tossed to us a few times was just kind of crazy and very surreal because I think that's kind of what triggered me to feel like I was behind because I actually started like looking at Ryan's journey because it's been such a cool journey Mm -hmm. for him. And I was like, you know, I should be doing this. And this is, you know, I would kind of started like mapping out like where, you know, what I wanted to be doing. So that's why I felt like I was behind. But but you're going against Ryan Seacrest. I mean, that's not a normal career trajectory that someone has. You know, you're doing pretty damn well. So Thank you. I gotta be honest, I have such a crush on Morgan Stewart. I Do you? So, Everybody I she's does. So ta- she's so talented, and I think she's so funny. She's got such spunk. She's fantastic. Like, the two of you together on the red carpet was a great adi- – it's just a great team. You well, know? I like, love that they, It was real. Yeah, they paired us together for um, Live from the Red Carpet, which I loved because we have been doing – for last award season, we did the after party mm-hmm. um, together with uh, two other co-hosts. And so this time it was just her and I. We do nightly pop together. And sure. so, it you know, we already have a vibe. You would love her. She's just exactly how she is on camera. Just a little crazy. She says what's ever on her mind. But also just, you know, very unlike how people perceive her as this, like, rich girl. Yeah. I mean, she is rich. She got a coin. But she's yeah. very relatable and just, like, you know, it was funny because yesterday I think we were supposed to have a meeting and something got canceled. And I'm like, where are you at? And she's like, oh, I went to McDonald's. I ran to McDonald's. Like, she's just as normal as everybody else. And she's <laughs> a good time. And um, I love doing the show with her. And I love doing Golden Globes with her as well. So I want to get into Nightly Pop here in a second because that obviously – has been a great show, a great platform for you. But for all of these viewers that see the Golden Globes and see what it's like on TV, tell me what it's like when you're there, behind the scenes. It's crazy. It's, you got to wear some wear some shoes you're okay being in for, you know, 10 hours and walking miles in because it's a long – the Golden Globes carpet is really long. Um, it goes literally from, like, Wilshire Boulevard all the way into the Beverly Hilton Hotel. Um and it's it's a great time, but it's it's uh, so as you're so this is kind of how it works. So you you get we, I have a car that drops me off. So we get in the car and well, wait, wait, what time did your morning start? Like um, take us through the whole day. It wasn't too crazy. Well, I have rehearsals on Saturday. So which I saw photos. You sit next to Kristen Cavallari. Yes, I sent her photo. Like <laughs> which is also a surreal moment. <laughs> that was a surreal <laughs> moment. You know, it's hard because it's like these are people who are now your peers, but you also have these fangirl moments, which I watched. Laguna Beach and The Hills. Like, I was a huge, huge watch of, of both of those shows. I, my inner 14-year-old white girl is like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And I love those shows. So now I, we're, we're doing sitting together. And she's like, do you have my phone number? 
and I wanted to be like, no, girl, but give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's a good time, but it's just like you you remember these moments, and it's just it's so weird to yeah. be like. And my boyfriend says I have to stop saying it's weird because it's like you know. But you're allowed is, to because it is. But weird. it's just very surreal yeah. to be working with people who you've admired or or watched on TV when you weren't even doing it. You know, when when Laguna Beach was going on, I wasn't even in the industry at that moment. You're I still had kind up north, of, yeah. I was still in the Bay Area, and I was I was I had went to school for broadcasting, but I wasn't doing it at the moment. So I was just binging the show, and so it's just it was just very crazy. But your day starts out. It wasn't too early. I think I had done rehearsals for a few hours the day before. And then um, I think my car came at 9 o'clock. We were there by like 9.45. So your car brings you in through like the back way and you go through three searches. So you get there, you pull up. First, you, it's a credential search to make sure your driver has all the proper credentials. Then it's the search with the cameras under the car, mm-hmm. with police and cameras under the car. The last search is they pull up, they tell you to roll down all the windows, and the dogs search the car. Now, do all the celebs go through that yeah. as well? Yeah. All their cars go through it. Everybody goes through it. Wow. Yeah. So you don't have to get out or anything, but they search every car. So you're not above that. Like you have to, your car has to be searched. They ask you to pop the trunk. Like it's 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 a little intimidating at first, but you're happy that they're going through it because it is a major award show. Yeah. Um. And so you just want to make sure that every everything is safe. So you go through those credentials, uh, those three stops, and then you get to the to your stop. They drop you off, and then for me, I go up. To, I met with a production assistant and a, a small crew. We go upstairs, and then the glam starts and all that. I have a hotel room at the Hilton and we go through all of the glam for a few hours and, you know, get me in my dress and squeeze tight and spanks it up and all that kind of make sure the wig is adjusted and all of that good stuff. And then we hit the carpet. And so we, we, because we do the pre-show, we're, we're earlier than everybody else. So it's a lot of times it's unfortunate because I don't get my car, my pictures on the red carpet because I'm doing so much work. Cause you're actually um, up there exactly. announcing when people are showing so up. So a lot of times I don't get my red carpet photos because when we, when we started the red carpet hadn't started so the uh photographers were just pulling up and then when i finished they were all done because mm. i did the 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 red carpet show the red carpet closes at five so you miss a lot of yeah. those opportunities but it's worth it and is we it just, just everyone's is everyone just screaming your people's names the entire time yeah like, pretty hey, much uh, it, because Bradley, they also Bradley. have like uh bleachers for fans so select fans get to come to certain areas and they're screaming it's funny because the salams are the salams the celebs are uh Fan, fanning out on each other. So mm-hmm. they're screaming at each other. Everybody's doing red carpet interviews. It's really kind of wild. Like, it's a really crazy world when it's over before. By the time you look up, you're like, I can't believe eight hours just went by. And who was, like, the coolest person that you saw get out of their car and you're like, that's awesome. I'm standing here mm. and that person's right there. I, I had a couple. Denzel, um, Halle Berry, and I want to say Lupita. Okay. Uh, who else got out? And... Um, I probably would say those were the three that I like freaked out the most for just because they're so iconic in Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just a little crazy. Spike Lee um, seeing him get out and he had like a purple suit on and like a hat. And it was just like, ah, this is just so crazy. <laughs> and we're, we were perched right on at the um, at the limo stand. So we were seeing everybody get out. And so it was just a really cool moment. Charlize Theron, that was a great one. Everybody just looked fantastic in person. And it really lets you know how deceiving photos can be because a lot of times we see photos and we say, oh, I didn't love that dress. or I didn't. But a lot of these people, when you see them in person with the hair and the makeup and the way the dress moves, it's a completely different than how the photograph takes. Interesting. Yeah. And then what, what do you – oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say, what's the weirdest thing you saw on the red carpet? Is there anything crazy or something that really stands out? Any moments where it's just kind of like kind of funny or – You know, the funniest thing I saw on the red carpet was Billy Porter. He's from Pose. He's on the show Pose, which um, is one of my favorite shows right now. He came with this huge cape. And when he was when he was flicking it, he kept hitting Elizabeth Moss with it, <laughs> <laughs> like right in the face. Or well, it was like in her. It, it, they were on the carpet together because the way that it works is like not one person walks the carpet at the same time. They're about three feet apart, and they're trying to get there. So there could be like five celebs on the carpet at the same time, and she was next to him, and and he had this cape he kept whipping, and he was in his moment, child. So he didn't even see poor little Elizabeth Moss, and she kind of had to like kind of get out the way. And I just thought that was hilarious, but she. Let him have his moment, which I appreciate. That's so funny. No, I was, I was wondering, where do you watch? Do you actually watch the show? Number one, yes. And then, where do you watch it? So 
so it depends on what how I'm what I'm shooting for E because last year I did like the pre-show and then I did the after show. So then like the red carpet I didn't do. So last year it was I was literally there all day because I had to be there before and after. And I would just watch in the hotel room. This I watched at home because once the carpet ended, the show started and I was done. Mm. So I missed probably like the first 40 minutes of the show because I was on my way home. So I had to tape it. Gotcha. Yeah, but I do watch because the next day I'm going to talk, about, talk it. about it. Exactly. Interesting. So, is everyone trying to take selfies with each other on the red carpet? Like celebrities and trying some, to take selfies with each other? Or What I do, do love is that a lot of them are in the moment, which is really cool. But a lot of them have assistants and people who are kind of capturing moments for them so they can actually be in the moment. It's funny because I feel like the celebs are the people who are out of their phones the most, which is nice that they're they're allowed to like enjoy that moment because I feel like all of us are in our phones mm-hmm. the whole time. Like we we're 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 capturing so much that I feel like we are not even looking up to like Now is that for social media purposes or just because you are excited? No, for social media. Yeah. Like posting it's important because I feel like people kind of want to see that behind the scenes. So for me on my social media I really try to capture everything from like my rehearsals to arrivals to who I'm co-hosting with to the interviews that we get to who I can spot on the red carpet and it was really important for me because I felt like sometimes when you watch red carpet coverage you don't see a lot of coverage of people of color Mm -hmm. and like even with Billy Porter a lot of people were like who is that and for me like I watch him on Pose he's actually a Tony Award winning uh, singer and, and, and performer and it was important for me to like have that inclusion so I make sure that I do it on my social media which I had a few people tweet me like thank you so much for including these celebs on here because we're not seeing them on the mainstream platform so it was important for me to make sure that I do that so I always try to do it for people who are following me and just get what I would want to see yeah yeah so you didn't go, you didn't get to make any of the parties at all afterwards? oh no I don't do the parties <laughs> Some no. of my co-hosts, no, I don't do the parties because we have early call times the next day. And I'm kind of, you know, I've kind of been doing this for a while. And it's not like, not not that you've been to one party, you've been to them all. But I just feel like I don't have the energy anymore to like, I haven't had a day off because I work through the weekend. So I'm just like, any opportunity I can have to just sit in front of my fireplace. I just got a new house. So I'm like, I'm just trying to go home and be with my man and my dog and like have a few hours before I got to get up at 5 a.m. the next day. Absolutely. Discipline. Yes. Great discipline. I have to. So getting back to now Nightly Pop. Yes. Which, congratulations. Thank even though you. I've, I think I've texted you 19 times. Congratulations. <laughs> but no, congratulations on it. Um, I think it it's a fun show. It's different. Yes. I like that you guys don't have as many rules. You know, it's it's just like, it's almost like you're listening in on like a bunch of friends gossip. And that's what Good. I like about it. Good. That's kind of the point. Um, I think for Nightly Pop, we know... When you're watching our show, we have now moved to Sunday nights. So, you know, make sure you tune in Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Um, now, we figure, you know, by this time you've seen all the headlines. We we know that this these stories aren't coming to you brand new. We're not bringing you an exclusive. Like, you're watching because you enjoy watching us talk about it mm-hmm. and our take on it. So, I think it, that... You know, for Daily Pop, I think it's like it's a morning show. It's delivering. Current it's current. News. It's, it's going to give you all the news. Ours is more sit down, have have a nightcap with us. Let's talk about what we expect. And we can be a little crazy, a little more tongue in cheek. And that's just kind of the vibe. And um, I think it's, it's a really good time. It's just kind of like, you know, wind down for the night. And I think a lot of people enjoy that. A lot of people who just kind of stumble across it really fall in love with it. And so it seems that people who watch stay to watch. And that's something that we really are happy about. And what was it like when... How this show start... Oh. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Adam. How this show come up? I was going to say, how did this show come about? Was this an idea that you approached them with? Or how did it... What was the origin of this show? Well, actually, it was kind of Morgan's idea at first. This was something kind of Morgan's baby that she had been like dealing... Kind of pitching a version of it for probably before even I got there. And they had just been kind of working things out. And then it was kind of put on the, the shelf for a little while. And it just became, I think when, when when Morgan saw the chemistry that we had on Daily Pop, she came to me and said, hey, I have this idea that I've been kind of running 
to the network with, but now I kind of feel like I could do this with you with me. And I think this would be a great partnership. And we, you know, she wanted another person. So we kind of tested for a guy and we tested with Hunter and we really fell in love with him. It was so funny because when he tested, he had food poisoning <laughs> and we gave him a really hard time. And, and, and I was like, if he but can deal with But was the food us, poisoning what got him the job though? Well, we had to test again because <laughs> he was really sick and had to go home. And so it was just really funny because we, he kind of, you know, he kind of went through his whole process and he wasn't a hundred percent himself, but even sick we really vibed with him so we knew once he was better it just was a very it just we all just three kind of clicked and can even when we're not filming we act the same way and Mm -hmm. it's just funny and kind of crazy and they're both a little out there i'm kind of the one that brings everything back together and so we just kind of all hit so we tested for it we did a few pilots and the network really loved it and a lot of the people who had watched morgan and i on daily pop really wanted to see us together on something else so we just kind of all gelled together perfectly how fun. I know I was going to ask, what was it like when you had Chloe in? Because she was on what was I it didn't like? see Chloe. You didn't no, see her? No, because it was just a skit with her and Morgan. Because I saw, like, so it's funny because I, I knew before it actually aired because I saw the Pat photos. Oh, you did. Chloe, like, walking in. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. So I was curious if, what she was like behind the scenes, but you didn't get to do it. I didn't get to do it because her and Morgan filmed it like you know how it is. They have to film around when we can get Chloe in. So yep. they actually filmed that, I think, late at night. And uh, I probably was in the bed. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of like, if you don't need me for the shoot, I'll see y'all. You know, I'll, 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 I'm out of here because I film a few things with E. So if I can get an opportunity to get a little extra sleep, I take it. So it was just something cute between her and Morgan that they kind of come up with because they were friendly. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're necessarily friends, but they follow each other on social media. You know, it's like a hey girl kind of situation. And I think Morgan was like, hey, I have this idea. And it kind of worked out that way. And Chloe was gracious enough to be like, sure, I'll help you guys out and did the fun skit and I thought it was really cool of her to do especially with having a new baby and her new schedule that she would even do the thing you know do a little skit for us I thought that was really cool of her no that's awesome you uh, know what the coolest part is this is not your only show on E it is like not that, that's the craziest thing is this is not <laughs> you didn't just do the red carpet you're not just doing nightly pop you have a dating show I, I, tell me about this dating show. What exactly is this dating show about? Yes, yeah, so we it? have a show coming out on January 21st called Dating No Filter. So this was interesting because we, I, I have, was approached about this um, before I had even landed my full deal with E. Um, and I was approached about this show that was coming out and they wanted me to audition for it. And it was for comedians. And so when I told my agent, I was like, oh, this is for comedians, so I don't think that I should do this. And she was like, well, I think you should just go in. And I was like, it's for comedians. And I feel really weird about calling myself a comedian because I don't do stand-up. I'm not – I'm a host. So I always kind of feel a way about people who aren't in their professions. Like, you know how I feel about – celebrity hosts and things like that. Like, I always feel like there are people who are trained to do this. So I don't want to take somebody's coin away, but they they really were like, no, we really want to test you. We think you're really funny. And so I was like, all right, we'll I'll go in and test for it. And you kind of do that. I mean, especially when you're not at a place full time, you know how it is. You're testing everywhere and you're kind of shooting pilots and you're just kind of down for whatever to see what hits. And so I went in and and I tested for it and months went by and I didn't know if anything was going to happen. And then they called me back and said that they wanted me to be on the show. And it's so the premise is basically that there are six comedians, which I guess now I can put that in my bio, (laughs) y'all. Comedian, put that on your LinkedIn profile. (laughs) There are six comedians and it's two to a couch. So we filmed in pairs of two. And you film with a partner and you watch these dates, uh, people in L.A. going out on dates. And it's very crazy. And it's like these are these people are very interesting. You know, they're single. Some of them, you know how it is. I think you get nervous. Some people are a little thirsty. Some people are a little, you know, opportunistic. And you have a little bit of everything. But it really is um, the the quintessential how dating is crazy in L.A., you really see it on this show. And it's fun because we basically get to watch on a couch with snacks and we're filmed reacting to the dates. So we're kind of like the audience in a sense where we watch these crazy dates and we comment on them and we're filmed. Our reactions are filmed and we're seeing this for the first time. And it's just kind of a crazy ride. And then you kind of get to watch and tweet along with what we react to. So it's kind of like a show within a show. Yeah. And it's just really cool. And I think the third show is the audience 
on social media kind of responding. So it's very interactive and social friendly. And it's kind of just a really kind of an experiment on what it's like to go on blind dates in this world of social media. It's so funny because I think that is literally my worst nightmare to have to go. Number one, a blind date, but then have cameras following you around. So not only are you trying to like impress someone, but it's already Mm -hmm. awkward. And then you have a camera and you're like, oh, God, now everyone's going to judge everything I do. And then you got comedians watching your date. (laughs) But they were up for the challenge. A lot of the people like turned on when the cameras were there. And, you know, you know, it's L.A. So, of course, people are ready for the camera, honey. Um, You know, we go to 7-Eleven and we see cameras and we don't even flinch because that's just how we how we get down out here. But it's it was very interesting. There were some really cool people on the show who really were looking for love. And it was just some really people on there. where you understood why they were single. And, you know, and, and we said so. And hopefully, you know, they learn and grow from the experience or not. I love that we have just talked about like four shows. Well, and you've been on uh, E News recently. Yeah. So it's like you're all over and you're like, oh, I don't know like, if I'm doing well <laughs> enough in my career. <laughs> e News has been really cool too. I co host it for the first time. Um, with Jason, uh, like, right? With Jason Kennedy, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, so it was really cool. And they have me on for certain segments and just to get my opinion. And um, you know, they had me on for a fashion segment after Globes, which I didn't know why they had me on there. <laughs> I was like, I, I just ordered something from Fashion Over Curve online, child. I don't know if you want me talking about Givenchy and Chanel. I don't know if I'm the girl for you, but apparently they like my take on it because it's the regular person's take, and I don't claim to be this fashionista. But I will tell, I like what I like, and and I say so. And I think that's what most people are. I think we all watch from home and become, uh, you know, fashion police at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, who says who's to qualified to talk about what, you know? So out of all of the gigs, which one do you like genuinely have like the most fun doing? Well, I think nightly pop. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to pick because everything is kind of I can be myself on every avenue, even when I do E! News I'm myself um, and can be there's never any you know he doesn't really give me any restrictions which is really cool but like, like that one that you're going like god I love my job yeah I'll, I have to say all of them like yeah. I enjoy being told like you can say what you want we just want you to we just want you on camera for it so it's really difficult to choose but I would probably say nightly pop is really fun because we get to drink so maybe the the alcohol helps um because you know it's a nighttime show so it's it's i've never done a nighttime show before so nightly pop for me is just a different type of venture because it's it's really cool to be a a black woman on nighttime tv hosting which is there's not a lot of people who are doing that so it's just kind of a, a really cool area to be in and i i really am excited for that and for people to have representation when they have these choices at night now, do you guys do you have? have I was just going to change stuff. No, Dax, you go because I'm kind of changing. I I was wondering if you have any advice for people trying to pitch a TV show to E. Because it sounds like you're hearing a lot of this pitching and stuff like that <laughs> and testing. So, is there any advice you give to Dax and I? But to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I haven't even pitched a show with them yet. So y'all gonna have to wait till I get a few get a few in. Um, but I would say in general, because I, I can't speak 100% for E, because only because I'm not in development, so I don't know what their processes are. But first, I would say, like, have a finished product as far as an idea. Not necessarily a script written out, but I would say have, I would say have an idea and then a few backups. Have them well thought out. Um, and have, like, something that you can present that's concise but also short and sweet so that you're, you know, because people may not have a lot of time, but if you can get them in a few sentences with an idea, then that'll give you a foot in the door for another opportunity for a meeting or, you know, for a better opportunity. And I would say make as many contacts as you can because sometimes the ideas, you the, the place that you're pitching may not be where it lands or, you know, the opening where you're looking for might not be through the person that is in the development department. It might be through, you know, a producer that you're cool with who has this opportunity and they're looking for something for an Instagram because E's so cool because there's a Snapchat sh- Snapchat show, there's Instagram, there's Insta Story, so there's all of these different opportunities and be open for it to be on. It may not be for TV, it may be for digital space. Be open for that, and that's for everything. You know, that's not just for E, but for other places. I think people always want it to be on TV, but it might fit better in the digital space to expand to TV later. So be open to your idea changing, and you know, be open for a lot of no's and. And to just kind of keep pitching and keep going, because I think 
when you love something and you're passionate about it and somebody tells you no, it can really hurt you and you could take it really personal. I've never heard no. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've come to accept no. Okay? I so, feel like and that's, I, like, the, that's just the only answer people give anymore. Child, I'm like, you know, <laughs> being resilient to no truly I feel like is a key to success because it's 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 hurtful when Especially as, you know, how we do, we're all hosts. So it's like, I'm just being myself. Like, it's one thing, I guess, if you're an actor and you just kind of have to hone in on your craft and just be a better actor. But when people are like, oh, yeah, I just don't get your personality, it can hurt a little bit more. Yeah, you're like, that's all I got. I, I can't change it. <laughs> and then you find that you're just, you may not be for everybody or there may not be a fit for you in this location, but it doesn't mean you're not good at your job. Because, if I mean, there are people who... Would would be great hosts, but they might may not necessarily be the best co-host for Hollywood Pipeline. But that doesn't mean they're not good at what they do. So I've I found not to take it personal. It's it's a bigger machine than you think sometimes, and sometimes people really like they they have an idea for you, and it's just not there yet. Which is why it's important to also creatively pitch as well, because sometimes you know how as you guys know for your podcast, you got to create your own thing. And then people kind of latch on to that because they don't have the vision for it. A lot of people don't have vision. And it's like you kind of have to show them. We got the vision. Yeah. Well, we got a vision. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <got the> vision. <laughs> but I, I was going to I wanted to bring There's up no something, Adam, because uh, you've just been doing a great job over the last week. So Adam, you know, has been getting all these huge celebs. He got Kevin Hart mm-hmm. the other day. And Kevin Hart's obviously one of the main people in the news right now after the whole Oscar scandal and his tweets and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, Adam, you know, I'm just curious, what is it like when you catch someone like Kevin Hart and, like, you know that no matter what he says is going to be huge? Like, how do you kind of capture that moment and ask the right questions? Yeah. So it's it's interesting to say that. Kevin Hart is obviously one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. He's also part of the biggest news story in Hollywood currently, Mm -hmm. the Oscars. Will he host the Oscars? Now, Kevin's a, it's interesting with him because I'm friends with him. I know him. I've known him for years. Before I started even getting in this world, I've known him from the stand-up comedy world. We just kind of cross paths all the time. And when I was at TMZ, I would always try to get Kevin on the streets before – this is during, like, the, the Soul Plane era. Like, when people didn't really care this about back Kevin. back in the when day. He was, yeah, this is when he was, like – I was the only person really trying to go for Kevin all the time before he became this big star. I mean, he's only been a big star for only a few years. Before that, he's just a working actor, right. a comedian, like trying to get to that point. So, but I would always go for Kevin Hart. So I get him. And obviously I have to sugar, not sugarcoat him. I talked to him a little bit before about his movie because he's in New York promoting a movie. He's not promoting the Oscars. He's promoting his movie, right. The Upside. So I, first I asked him about The Upside. And then basically you got to talk about the elf in the room. I bring up the Oscars. Will I say, Kevin, what, if I'm a betting man, if I'm a gambling guy, what are the chances you do the Oscars? Here, wait, I'm, I'm actually going to play the audio. I got, I got the audio ready. Yeah, if I'm a betting man, yes. can I bet on you doing the Oscars? Uh, if you're a gambling man, that means that you're, you're, you're a gambler, so that you got you to gotta let your money roll. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Um, I'm definitely not going to say it here, but yeah. the, chances are, the chances are very slim. There you go. So it's, it's slim. a slim chance. Slim okay. chance. But, like, for you to even get that out of him, I thought was huge because all the other camera guys, two seconds later, tried to ask him follow-up questions, and he was like, no comment, no comment, no, no comment. comment. Listen, there was a TMZ guy next to me, and he's trying to talk to him, and he would he basically did not talk to him. He just kind of said, no comment, no comment. He's talking to me. The best part about this, you got to remember, I'm a freelancer pretty much. I work for myself. Right. He was today, you know, we, this was yesterday, but today he did – Good Morning America. He did. He's doing Stephen Colbert. He's doing Sirius Radio. Mm-hmm. He's doing a few interviews today. I was able to beat Good Morning America, one of the biggest shows in the world, in the right. country. I got to beat them to their biggest story. Right. And you know what? I'm, it's not even me really beating them. I'm just very fortunate that Kevin gave me the opportunity to beat them. Because if it wasn't Kevin, I wouldn't be able to do it. But because he gave me that soundbite, fortunately, I was able to monetize it and make money off it. But let me get my name out there. And you know what? I think in some ways I helped Kevin. I helped kind of put out the flame because I brought back that he's in New York promoting a movie. I think that's what people are forgetting about. Hey, he's he's working on other stuff besides the Oscars. Well, I think what it's a testament to the even bigger thing is cultivating relationships because I think, you know, 
it says a lot about you that he was willing to even talk to you about it, that you guys have maintained this relationship for many, many years. Because there are a lot of people who start with these relationships and once you leave a certain outlet where they feel like they can't get anything out of you, you don't hear from them anymore. There are a lot of people who, you know, the relationships change and then all of a sudden you can't get them on the phone. And so it says something about a person who can keep a good work ethic you know, who's a person of their word and who can maintain these relationships. It's hard to maintain relationships through Hollywood. And so I think that says a lot about you. I think it says a lot about Dax. Like, I think you guys have that in common where you can cultivate these relationships and people trust you with content where they're like, you know, for Kevin to trust you with that is a big deal because I feel like right now he's seen as very defensive. So for him to talk to any cameraman on the street is a very big deal because He's, you know, he's he doesn't want to be misconstrued, and that's what he's really concerned about. Right, exactly. What What is your thoughts on the whole thing? I mean, this is how I feel about the whole thing. I I feel like he was very defensive, and it's very hard to apologize if you're being very defensive. It what it came across to me was that it. First of all, let me say I hate bringing up old tweets. I I really hate that culture of somebody is winning so let me go find something that can tear them down i hate the the whole like somebody has to we have to praise people and then tear them down because people feel so insecure about where their life is going that they want someone to fail so i hate that aspect that being said if you have these things that you said these things in your stand-up if you had these tweets just apologize for it Mm -hmm. and i to kind of take the stance of well i already apologized i don't really think there's anything wrong with if I really hurt you and I really hurt a whole community of people, I don't think there's anything wrong with apologizing twice or a hundred times or a hundred times. It's like, and the thing is, is if you apologized five years ago and now it's resurfacing, which just in the age of social media, because the way that it's grown, a lot of things resurface that we see and we're like, Oh, I don't, I don't remember saying this. You know, I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember the stories I talked about on Golden Globes on Sunday. You know what I mean? And there's also things that can be misconstrued and there are things that were appropriate 10 years ago that aren't appropriate anymore that can change the shift, the narrative. So why not just kind of nip it in the bud and be like, you know what? I'm wholeheartedly sorry. And I didn't think that there was a problem with apologizing twice. And I felt that he didn't want to apologize twice. And that's where the problem came. It wasn't necessarily what he said because he clearly knew that that was wrong. It just felt like he was so defensive and it was like take it or leave it I've already apologized and then there's this whole you know as a as a journalist I'm researching all of these old articles I don't find this apology anywhere and I think CNN also did a really deep dive into these old apologies and they never were around no one really saw any clear apologies until after the Oscars fiasco so then it's like well you you addressed it but addressing something and actually apologizing are two totally different things so I I kind of didn't like the stance that he took because it felt very defiant it felt very much like well you just got to take it or leave it it just felt it didn't feel good to me and I felt like the who he offended were, was a lot of gay black men and I felt like it was his job to clear it up with those people who are also fans of his and I also didn't feel like it was Ellen's job to kind of abolish any type of hate that he had because it's not really her place because she, he, the comments weren't directed at her it was, or, or anyone who looks like her they were directed towards gay black men so you can't say well he he's he's apologizing it's okay and I accept that apology because they you weren't affected by it so it's a kind of a d- lot of different things and I'm really over the topic but I do feel like you know he gave a sincere apology now just I think in the future don't be defiant when people ask you for an apology especially when it's called for so he could have literally solved the whole thing by saying i was sorry then 100%. and i'm sorry now and i apologize to everyone I early on boom and the it, videos you know, were really what killed it for me with the whole like i'm not going to go through this again and i apologize and i don't know what y'all want from me and i just think it was he was surprised because it's hard when you're loved by a lot of people and this is i got really good advice early on is like i don't believe the people who love me the fans who 100% love me and I don't believe the fans who 100% hate me because once you get caught up in the machine of feeling like everybody loves you or everybody hates you it skews your reality because a lot of these a lot of the love isn't real a lot of the hate isn't real a lot of it is just you know people caught up in this fan machine and it's so fickle so you have to be really like concrete on who you are and and your ethics and like having people around you tell you when you're wrong and so I kind of feel like Kevin was so beloved by everybody 
he was so caught off guard by these tweets and the criticism for them that he just had no idea how to really deal with it. And everybody around him was kind of telling him because I saw his wife tweet and everybody's like, you don't have to apologize to anybody. And we know your heart. And it's like you knowing him is different than me knowing him. And you've got to also be concerned about the optics. Whatever your heart is, this isn't how it looks. So clear up the optics of it. The heart thing is for you and your family and the people who know you. The optics is for your job. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it is true. I got a question for the both of you, and I have a follow-up question to it. His appearance on Ellen, do you think it went well? I didn't. Mm, I, I didn't think so. I felt that I was watching it thinking, why is Ellen trying so hard to get him this job when it's like, he should be the one, if he really wanted the job, he should be right. fighting for it. But why is she, like, trying to convince him to host the Oscars? If if he doesn't want to host the Oscars, don't host, host the Oscars. Like, mm-hmm. why why is she trying so hard? It felt like a collaboration. That's how I felt. It felt to me like, okay, now these are very wealthy people who – because I sometimes feel like once you get a certain type of wealth and fame, you're in this special group and you guys look out for each other. And I kind of felt like – I'm waiting to be in that group. <laughs> right. Not that I'm not trying to be a part of it. <laughs> okay. If y'all take any applications, I will definitely try to be a part of it. But I, I do feel like they kind of look out for each other. So I kind of felt like this was a back, you know, they, maybe they had a they, conversation. They as talked. you have a relationship yeah. with him, Adam, I'm sure Ellen yeah. does as well. And she's also a comedian. And there was like, she probably felt supportive of him and was like, let's, let's, I can get this amazing interview. We can kind of position, putting you in a position to get the job back. It was kind of a win-win, I think, for both of them. I think that they kind of just kind of over overdid their shot a little bit. And to me, it just looked like a collaborative effort just to get him back on the Oscars. Yeah. And good ratings for Ellen And people to have can sniff that out. People can yeah, see it because you see very, that and you're like, eh, something yeah. doesn't seem natural about this. It did. And I thought that maybe if Ellen had held him to uh, held him a little more accountable, it would have gone off better with the LGBTQ community as well, who a lot of them just didn't buy his response and still felt that there was still this air of defiance about what he said. If she would have said, right now, say it. Say you are sorry. Mm-hmm. And pushed him on it, it might have been like, yeah. okay, like people, she really wants us, she really wants an apology, not like, hey, you guys, he said it before, let's go, right. give him the job back. Even more than an apology, because I feel like, you know, anybody can apologize, it doesn't have to be authentic. I would have preferred an explanation on, like, why even release these videos, why why take the stance you did, why say you apologize when you didn't. Like, I would have liked to have known what was going on when he saw the tweets come up. To give a better explanation of him saying, you know, hey, I, I was with my new baby and I just kind of reacted and I just didn't make the best choice. That, to me, would have been even better than an apology because I would have just preferred him to say, like, I messed up with how I responded. Because, I, you know, in, in a relationship, you know, you're married, so you know it's like, you can get an apology from your spouse, but you know when they mean it and when they're just giving it to you to make you shut up. <laughs> and I, uh, I do know that you one. Know? <laughs> and I don't want the shut up apology. I want that sincere from you the gut. You want a real one, yeah. Apology, because when you give me that robot apology, I see right and, through it and it means nothing. And let me be clear on that. I am the one that's apologizing <laughs> uh, 98% of the time. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, Denise don't play that. I already know. She got you in line, honey. <laughs> oh, so funny. Well, did you well, have a follow was, up on that or what? No, yeah. So my follow up was because that's what some people are saying. If Kevin did the Ellen show and the appearance went well and the response to it was very well perceived, he would have done the Oscars. Yeah. But because he did the Ellen show and the people didn't react to it well and the response to it wasn't well, therefore he's not doing the Oscars. Yeah. I, I think that's. I think that's hundred percent. That's true. And I just, I just want everybody who is over a certain tax bracket to get a broke person in their crew. Get somebody who's like really tapped into the people who still work in a job where, you know, yeah. you're getting all your taxes taken out, <laughs> half your taxes being taken. And, and have that real gritty side. person who's like, you acting a damn fool. Like, <laughs> yeah, have them on so your team. True. That is because the best, that's just, you best need advice. That. Can you know how, like, you when do. you're on vacation you for, for, like, you know how you're on vacation for a week and you get caught in vacation mode and reality isn't the same reality for when you're at home? Mm-hmm. I feel like these celebs get in this vacation mode permanently because they're just in a different world than the rest of us and the reality is skewed and they only get those bits of reality from the people around them and if the people around you are only convinced just to tell you what you want to hear it really starts to affect how you behave and treat everybody else and I was going to say that Adam and I are both available to be your poor friend (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Me too. We can start a foundation, <laughs> y'all. Broke you friends are us. <laughs> All right, we so we're to we'll, test for a show. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get off Kevin Hart because I know you're you're over it. So, but I think I I was very excited to hear your point of view on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't hate him or anything. I I am. This is how I am. There's very few people in Hollywood that I dislike whole heart, wholeheartedly. But I I like any family member can disagree with the thought or disagree with a move that you made and still support you and still want to see you win and still be able to say. I didn't like that. But it doesn't mean that I hate him. It doesn't mean I don't want his career to fail. I don't think that he should stop making movies or stop doing his thing. And that's with most of these celebs. I think it's okay. I hate the culture of we have to please to to a celebrity just because there's somebody who's on TV. It doesn't make your moral compass any greater or less than mine because I'm saying I didn't agree with the, what this person did. And it's not hating. It's just my opinion. Yeah. Hey, Adam, there's one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, the fact that you were hanging out with Shaq. What? My best friend. What? Shaq the I, fool? Yeah, I call. So Shaq here's the fool. best part. I call Adam this morning. He doesn't answer. He like denies my phone, and then immediately <laughs> texts. He's like, "Hey, sorry, hanging out with Shaq at GMA." I'm like, "What? What do you mean you're hanging out with Shaq at GMA?" Dude, I'm outside with a bunch of photographers, and uh, you know, Shaq. He's he's no. He, I, we have this kind of relationship where wherever he sees me, he brings me inside with him, which is pretty awesome. I mean, one time he saw me outside. You're his poor he, friend. See? He's, you're keeping I'm, him grounded. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the one keeping him grounded and complaining about taxes. You know? So uh, he brings me to GMA with him this morning, and it's great because he brings me to GMA, and I know all the security guards usually kick me out of there, but they're like, he's with me. And they're like, okay. They move to the side. I'm like, yeah, push the elevator button for me, buddy. And uh, – we hang out in this green room. Kevin Hart was there, actually, because Kevin Hart was doing the show, so I got to say hi to Kevin's crew and stuff like that. Michael Strahan comes in the green room, says hi. They start telling stories, and it's just funny. I mean, I'm just sitting with them, and people are like, so who do you work for? Do you work for the PR company? Do you work for GMA? I'm like, no, I'm just his friend. That's all I am. I'm just some guy. I'm the mooch that's here to eat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the, I actually pocketed a banana because I was hungry. I, love I, it. Every, I see all these videos of like Shaq like chatting with Adam. I'm like, this is so cool. Like Shaq is Adam's friend. It's amazing. Yeah, you got to get in with that. Start start a production company or no, something with kidding. him. I'm trying. I'm trying. That's but, really you know, great. Got, what is he like in person, though? Like, what is he like? The same, he, I imagine. He is. The, and I, I mean, and, and I'm going to say something. I'm not saying this because we're talking. Kevin Hart and Shaq are very similar. They're not nice people. They're good people, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I, and I have to say, yeah, they fuck up. They've messed up a few times. But you know what? Shaq is the best person. The Shaq is like Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton walks into a room, if you're in Bill Clinton's, in his view, he walks over to you and shakes it, shakes your hand. Shaq does the same as I think. He mm-hmm. walks into a room and shakes everyone's charismatic. Hand. I said to Shaq, I said, why do you do that? He goes. All I need to do is shake someone's hand and they're a fan for life. That's all I need to do. And three other fans come from that because they're going to say, hey, I met Shaquille O'Neal tonight. How was it? He was a nice guy. And that's all it takes. It takes more energy to be a dick than it is to be a nice guy. And he's he just owns the room. He's fun. He's funny. Like we're sitting in the green room, right? And all the producers are coming in trying to pitch Shaq for ideas. And Shaq's like, yeah, screw it. I'll have fun. Like, I'll get a pedicure. Yeah, I'll talk about how I spent $75,000 at Walmart. Like he's just – he makes he has fun with it. Wait a minute, five thousand dollars at Walmart. That's a lot of you bought the whole no, store. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's wow, like, it's insane what he's done. So it, he's just he's like he's the best. Nina, from all the people you've met, mm-hmm. he, being in Hollywood and being in the industry, who's the one celebrity you met that you were just in awe of? The one you're just like, man, Gosh. I am love this person. I'm trying to remember, like. It, you know, it's so crazy because I feel like I don't. I'm trying. You know who I loved? Um, probably Emily Blunt. Okay. I really? would say, which I wasn't even working. I ran into her at a restaurant, and she was with a friend of mine who was personal, who was her personal trainer at the time. She was pregnant, and so I come into the restaurant. I'm having lunch with my boyfriend. I see my girlfriend in the corner. I didn't even see Emily at first because she had, you know, her hair back. Like she was very incognito, and went to say hi to my friend. And I was like, "Oh, that's Emily Bunt with her." <laughs> And I'm like, what do I do? You know, hands on my armpits. Like, what do I do? Do I run? Like, I didn't know what to do because I love Emily Blunt. Like, any movie she's in, I am a fan of hers. And so I, my, my friend was like, oh, you're with your boo. And Emily was like, who's your boo? 
And she was like, give me the, all the details. Like she was like a girlfriend instantly. And we just started laughing and joking. And she was the nicest person to be such a huge star. She was so, so nice. Offered to sit down. She was like, come sit with us. I declined because I didn't want to be that. Because my friend was looking <laughs> yeah. at me like, you better not sit your ass down right here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. But it was so nice meeting you. She was like, um, if I see you again, I want an update. Like she was just the That's nicest, fun. coolest I love person. hearing these stories about like yeah. I love super that. cool Because ce- she's pretty much in that top five of actresses when right now. When you're know? right, yeah, Mary Poppins, yeah, you're in the top. She was just, I couldn't get over how nice she was. And I was so glad that, you know, how we, we've worked in Hollywood. Would enough long enough to know that people can ruin their the image that you have of them when you meet them in person. So sometimes I don't even want to meet the people I love because I'm afraid something will happen where I'll be turned off. And she was just the opposite. She made me love her more. And 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 like you said, I'm now I'm telling everybody um, when when they ask because she was just great. Well, I where's where and one last thing. We're you know being in L.A. because again I'm in New York and we don't have as many celebrities as you guys do right. have in L.A. Where's the weirdest place you've ever run into a celebrity in L.A.? Um, well, she wasn't a celebrity. She was celebrity adjacent. This was uh, DJ Khaled's fiance. Mm-hmm. She, okay, so this is a little crazy. It'll take a minute to tell the story. I went to an engagement party on Melrose. Uh, about three blocks from it are, is a wing place. I didn't eat the food at the engagement thing, and a friend of mine was like, let's go get wings. So we go to get wings, and there's plumbers outside. It's like, whole thing and somebody's like no we're still taking orders so we're like oh you're like oh okay what kind of chicken is this i said i'm good but my friend was like well i'm still getting my man something to go so we go inside (laughs) she's getting her boyfriend something to go (laughs) she doesn't mind giving him toilet chicken Um, (laughs) so she's like i'm still getting my man something to go so i'm just sitting there waiting because i was like i'm not ordering from here because this is a little crazy because it was one of those places that has the one bathroom it was a small little chicken spot and the doors open three plumbers in there they're drilling the floor i see this woman holding a baby and i obviously just from working in the industry i know what dj khaled's fiance looks like and i'm kind of looking at her she has on like the same kind of slides that he wears and I go on Instagram because she's holding the baby. And I go on his Instagram and the baby has the same outfit on that's on the Instagram. So now I'm like, okay, I know who this is. And she has the, you know, the Assad with them. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what is she doing? And she's just pacing. So I ask her, I'm like, are you, are you all right? And she's like, I, she just talks to me like she knows me. She's like, Khaled gave me this ring, this million dollar ring. I dropped it down the toilet. No. Oh, my God. And I'm like, are you okay? And the baby's crying. And she's like FaceTiming with him. His his boys come over and they're all wearing like chains. And they gives her the FaceTime. And he's talking to her on the FaceTime. And he had to pay the the, the owner money to have plumbers come dig Rip up the floors. Because the- they had to snake to find it. Because she flushed it. Oh, oh and my it's, God. it was her push gift. And it's oh. and I'm I'm like, are you all right? Like I was like, do you want me to hold the baby? Like what what's going on? Oh and God. she's talking to me, and she's just like very calm, but just kind of like just frazzled. She's like, I told him the ring was too big. I didn't want to wear it. He made me wear it because he wasn't in L.A. Yeah, he was somewhere else, and he was he but she he had her there with his boys and the baby, and I guess he was coming back, but he paid for it. And I think I heard him say it was like thirty five thousand dollars. Did they find the ring? They found it. Oh. But they, when I was leaving, because I wasn't saying, but they had found it, but they still had, they were asking him permission to pull up all the floors. And was he okay with that? He's like, yeah, and it's a like, million dollar yeah, ring. Rip that floor I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay the price. <laughs> and I was just like, this is some long money, honey, to be able oh. to just kind of pull up somebody's whole floors in their chicken establishment. <laughs> So that's the weirdest place I like the most awkward, so crazy funny. story. And I didn't take photos because I didn't want to take advantage of like her situation, but it was very that crazy. Was Adam, why do we always get the best stories at the very end of the podcast? <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. Every time we go to end, I'm like, that was a really crazy story. Right. What, what an ending. But uh, Nina, thank you so much for coming in. It's yes. so good to see you. I mean, it's been fun working beside you at numerous jobs throughout the yeah. years. Um, but, we you will know, again, I'm sure. I'm sure of it as well. But but no, thank you. It's been fun watching your glow up over here. Thank you. Uh, thank and you, if, guys. If you guys want to watch Nina, just turn on the E channel because she's <laughs> on every show over there. Nightly Pop is back 
on Sundays, January 13th, and uh, Dating No Filter starts January 21st. And you can follow her on social media. She's under Miss Gossip Girl, MZ Gossip Girl, uh, on Instagram, Twitter. And then uh, if you want to find Adam, you can find Adam Glenn on Instagram, Twitter, and myself, Dax Holt. And, uh, yeah, follow uh, the Hollywood Pipeline for all the latest news on celebrities. And we got all the photos, videos you could possibly want. Thank you again, Nina. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nina, so much. I'll talk to you soon. I'll be back anytime you need me. Take advantage of that. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)